If you're looking for ways to prioritize your health and fitness, run more efficiently, understand food, and somehow fit it all into a fun and family-centered life, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Thank you so much for joining us today on another episode of the Real Life Runners podcast. We are your hosts, Angie and Kevin Brown, and this is episode number 22. And today we are going to be talking about habits and specifically how to start a running habit. I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with is how to start a new habit. And we all know that we should exercise regularly, but sometimes it's a little hard to make that a habit. So today we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit more and kind of give you an idea of what you can do to, to start a new habit or to change a habit that you might have that you want to, to change in your life. I think the, the starting habit is a key one, but then also we're going to focus on things that could go wrong that might make you not, like you start a habit, but then, then it slips up. You know, what what happens when you fall out of a habit? How do you get back into it? Because everybody, everybody has that phrase, consistency is key. Yeah, that's great. That's a great motto to go with. But how do you actually stay consistent? Right, because we all have periods of time where we fall in and out of certain habits um, that we might have. So we'll talk about not only how to start something, but also how to restart something if life kind of gets in the way and you fall out of some of the healthy habits that you may have developed earlier in life and are struggling to kind of get back to that right now. Perfect. So I think before we get going on any of this, um, we need the the basic uh, starting definition, if you will, what makes a habit? Right. So this episode is kind of inspired by the last book that I just read, which is called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And this is a book that is fantastic if you would like to just understand the psychology of habits. It's definitely a recommended book. Um, So basically with any habit, there are three main things that make up what's called the habit loop. So basically there is a cue, which is the, you know, starting point of whatever habit it is we want to create. Like a trigger. Like a trigger, correct. So there's the cue, which is the the trigger. Then there's the behavior that we want to perform. And then number three is the reward. So when you have all three of those things, that's what helps to create a habit. Cue, behavior, and then reward. So... With with running, you just need to make sure that you found the appropriate cue. And uh, I'm going to jump in and, and name the most uh, fundamental of the cues in terms of starting a running habit, which is finding the consistent same time of day. This is why running in the morning is is a great thing because then the cue can literally be the alarm clock. The alarm clock goes off and you know, okay, put on my running clothes, head out the door, let's get going. Right. So another thing 
that you can do to also cue that behavior is to put your running clothes out the night before. So when you wake up and you see your running clothes that are there by the door, your running shoes there by the door, it triggers, oh yeah, I'm supposed to go for a run right now. It makes you think about that behavior that you want to perform. And that cue of seeing your clothes out can really apply to a run at any time of day. It it does typically, I think, for most people work better in the morning. But, you know, if you want to run when you get home from work and you, you know, come home and you see your clothes sitting on the kitchen table, then that can also be a cue for you to then put your running clothes on and, and head out the door. Yeah, just seeing them there, you know, you don't want to see them there all day long and just keep ignoring them and ignoring them. It it negatively reinforces that you're you're not doing that thing that you plan on doing. Having them sitting there, like obnoxiously sitting there, says, hey, put these on, head out and go for a run because that's that was your plan. That's why you put these there in the first place. Don't just ignore the clothes, but actually take the cue and move on to the behavior. Right. So... Again, running in the morning has been shown to be the most consistent way to start a habit. But if morning running is not your thing, which believe me, for a long time it was not my thing. So I totally get you on that one. If you treat your run like an appointment and actually schedule it into your calendar the same way that you would schedule a work meeting or a doctor's appointment or anything else important, that can also be a cue so that when you look at your planner or you look at your phone, whatever you like to keep your schedule on, that's going to remind you, oh yeah, I need to go run at this time and you're going to save that block of time specifically for your run. Um, Another thing I can... I have done before is to actually set an alarm on my phone to remind me so that at whatever time it is, it pops up, it's time to work out or to go for a run and it, you have to actually, you know, check that away and turn that off to make it disappear, which is then hopefully going to guilt you into doing that behavior. Yeah, you don't you don't necessarily have to love it when you start doing it. That's the thing is whatever it is that gets you out the door and starts the regular routine. Even if the first few times the the feeling heading out the door is, "Oh man, I I guess I should." And you almost feel guilty for the first few times, at least it starts the habit and eventually you're going to be heading out the door with more positive feelings. But whatever starts the habit is a good thing. Right. And number four of the suggestions that we have is to meet up with a friend or to join a running group or have some sort of accountability, someone else that is going to either be waiting for you to join them or that's going to ask you about how your run went when the the day is done. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I've got a, a running buddy, you know, the guy that, that drives me into work every morning. And every Monday, and at, it happens every single Monday, the two of us check in with each other. Hey, how'd your weekend go? And for these last couple of weeks where I've been sick and have not been running, it's like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't run at all this weekend. How'd you do? And I just try and push it off of myself because I know every Monday that question's coming. Hey, how'd your weekend go? And the hey, how'd your weekend means how many miles did you get in this weekend? <laughs> 
because he's he's trying to keep his running up. So he's checking in with me like, hey, what do you do so that he can see, you know, how his his is going because he's training for an ultra in the middle of March. So, you know, it helps for both of us to have that that sort of mutual accountability. So, yeah, it's great if you're meeting up with somebody because then you you have to get there. Like they're waiting on you to show up so that you can go on your run together. But even if you just have somebody that you know regularly checks in and says, hey, how's your running going? That's pretty solid accountability also. Absolutely. So those are kind of the main suggestions that we have for cues. But again, we can be missing some of those and you can make anything a cue as long as it's something that will trigger that behavior in your life. And so... Okay, so now let's talk about step number two of the habit loop, which is the actual behavior that you're trying to create into a habit. So in this case, let's talk about running. So really, a lot of people think about running wrong. They think if they don't go out there for 30 minutes or 60 minutes or whatever time period they have in their head that they want to run for, if, if they don't start out there, they might as well not go at all. And we're here to tell you that you don't have to put that much pressure on yourself. You can start off with a 10-minute run or a 15-minute run if you want to. You can start off even more casual and comfortable than that. Start off with a run-walk routine. Okay, start off with the combo of go for a run for a minute and then take a one or two minute walking break or start even more relaxed with that where you're aiming for like a 20 minute walk and then you start adding in a minute or two of running during your walk. Absolutely. You know, I there one of my biggest frustrations with new runners and you see this in all the different running magazines and things is the the couch to 5k, couch to half marathon, couch to marathon program. If you're starting point is really couch, you probably shouldn't be starting with a 30 minute run. That's that's too much and it's setting you up for a lack of success and and definitely a lack of very long-term success. Start easy so that you're not just physically wiped and you have a shot of day two. Although if you go too hard on day one, your habit loop is done because you are just going to be too tired for the next day. Right. And along those lines, when it comes to this behavior that you're trying to create, don't compare yourself to other people or don't compare yourself to yourself. Like say you used to be a runner or you used to work out all the time and you're comparing yourself now after you've had three kids and you work full time and you've got a million things on your plate and you're comparing yourself now to where you were 10 years ago, there's no such comparison because your life is completely different now. And a lot of times I can see a lot of people get very down on themselves because they either compare themselves to somebody else who's been running or working out for a long time or they compare themselves to themselves, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago and they get really down on themselves and that can really impede a lot of people from starting this new health habit. I was uh, actually just reading in, I mean, it's a classic training book, Jack Daniels' Running Formula, and he's got a section in there about how, what to do when you're coming back off of a timeout. And if your time off is more than like three to five days, you've lost something. 
and the longer off you go, the harder it is to come back. And the the more you know years you've had, you know, as, as you're a little bit older, it takes a longer time to build back to where you were. Like I can get back in shape eventually, but I can't get back in shape the same way that I used to coming off of like an illness or something like that. Like I was when I was 20, like it just doesn't work the same way anymore. And part of that is, is very frustrating to me because I, I want to be able to do it. Like I know I've done this in the past where I've taken a week off or a week and a half off because I was sick and I was able to spring back and I just, I can't spring back like that anymore. Yeah. So that can be frustrating because you already know that that's the case. So to then start up knowing that you're not going to spring back as quickly as you would want to, that's can also be like something that would inhibit you from even starting. It's it's possibly inhibiting me right now from starting. <laughs> well, that well, and the cough that you still have. Well, yeah, the cough. But uh, yeah, I apo- apologize for the much deeper voice than normal. Um, but the female the, uh, listeners <laughs> might like it. <laughs> the uh, Knowing that that first time out, especially for those who are coming off of just just a break, knowing that those first few runs is going to be more of a challenge does sometimes add this extra challenge of getting out the door, which is why you need that third part of the habit loop. Which is the reward. So this is something that's very important in the habit loop because this is something that's going to solidify this habit. So you've got your cue. You've got your behavior, and now you need to reward yourself for performing that behavior. So at the beginning, if you're just starting a new workout habit, you need to figure out something to reward yourself with every single time that you perform that habit. So maybe you love chocolate. So every time you get home from a run, have a piece of chocolate. You know, make it a small piece of chocolate. Don't have an entire Snickers bar or something, Mm -hmm. you know, like an entire chocolate cake, you know, if you you went for a 20 minute walk, (laughs) it's not time for the full cake. Right. I mean, one of the things that I love to have in our pantry is a mason jar full of dark chocolate chips. And I can sometimes just go in there and take two or three chocolate chips and it just satisfies that need for a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of chocolate. So Give yourself that. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a piece of dark chocolate, just a, a small square. Cool. Maybe when you get home, you want a glass of wine. That's also one of the things that I love to do at the end of the day. You know, but you need maybe not at 5 a.m. when you get back from your run, <laughs> your, your yes. morning run. Perhaps following a morning run <laughs> with a 7 a.m. glass of wine is not the most ideal start <laughs> maybe to Maybe not. Day. We're talking about after work, at the end of the day, if you're an evening runner. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about the schedule. Because there's got to be, and I mean, you read this book, so you got to be able to help me out on this one, yeah. but there's got to be some sort of timeline that the reward has to come fairly close to the behavior, otherwise right. your brain doesn't connect the two. Yes and no. Yes and no. It depends, like how, you know, you can basically tell yourself that that treat is coming. But I think that it is more effective if it comes immediately, you know, after the behavior. So maybe maybe you like watching TV. So when you get home, you allow yourself to watch your favorite show. You know, I mean, there's so While many While stretching things. and foam rolling. While stretching and foam rolling. There you go. Um, there's so many things that you can do to reward yourself. Maybe 
you want a new running outfit. So each time you come home for a run, like the first time you buy a shirt and the second time you buy a new pair of shorts, the sec- third time you buy a new pair of socks. You know, I mean, there's, there are these things. And Ooh, new socks. New socks. There is not much as rewarding to me as a new pair of running socks. <laughs> so those can be your reward. And now that I'm thinking about it, those can also be a trigger. Those can also be a cue. You know, you could buy yourself a new outfit ahead of time and that can help to trigger your habit. Well, yeah. I mean, if if you reward yourself by getting a new pair of running shorts and part of your trigger is having your running clothes laying out, seeing that new outfit's like, oh, wait, I got that because I was running. Now let me really enjoy the reward and it starts the loop again. Now you've got your running outfit, you hit the behavior, you get another reward at the end of it. It, it doesn't always have to be the same reward. It just needs to be something that adds this extra positive in your head. Right. You know, um, one of the big things that, that you found is running with other people gives you that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a reward while you're running even. Right. Yeah. It's a reward while you're running and then afterwards as well. That friendship and that connection that you form with other people that you run with is huge. Well, that's why, you know, I, I've never tried to like rush you home unless we really have something on the schedule, being able to finish your run, because sometimes there's some connection you can make while you're running. But if your group, if you're, if your running crew is 10 to 15 people, you didn't run with 10 to 15 people. So right. being able to have some time afterwards and actually talk and form that friendship or go out for coffee, there's another reward for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's my, that was my run this morning. We started at a Starbucks. We all parked at at Starbucks and then we all went for our run there was nine of us so like you said I didn't run with nine people I ran with one other person the two of us did our run together and at the end we all met up for coffee and sat around for 10 minutes and just enjoyed a cup of coffee with each other yeah and that one's nice you know you're out on the run and you know that your car is parked in front of your reward right like you know that reward's coming there's mm-hmm. no question that the reward's coming yeah knowing that it's there also helps you push through whatever that behavior is absolutely and so in in this case this morning I had two rewards for my run one was the coffee and two was the friendships and the conversation that I had with all the wonderful women that I ran with yes So at the beginning, you might need a lot of these extrinsic types of rewards, like giving yourself chocolate or TV or wine or a new outfit or, you know, these, all these different things that you can reward yourself with. But eventually, once you continue with this habit, part of the reward is going to be that feeling that you get at the end of your run, that feeling of accomplishment, that feeling of strength. It's those it's that endorphin release. It's it's that just that great, great feeling at the end of your run that it's done and that you did it. And it that starts to become the reward. So that's I think a lot of people might get hung up and say, well, if I eat a piece of chocolate every time after my run, you know, then it's gonna be counteracting the effects of my exercise and this and that. But it, it won't like you're not going to need that piece of chocolate forever because once this is established into a habit that intrinsic feeling of accomplishment is going to be the reward for your habit i strongly suggest to to sort of help build this i know it, it adds sort of an extrinsic thing to it keep a running journal mm, yes because being able to look back over the last month two months and see it 
really helps you sort of look on on paper and see a concrete justification of look i'm clearly getting in better shape yeah look what i can do it gets a little risky to be able to try and constantly look back and make sure that you're continuously improving because all running has a little bit of plateaus every now and then. But to be able to look back, especially as you first start going, there's not a lot of people that plateau during the first like two to three months of running. Yeah. Being able to look back is a great reward. It is. That is fantastic. Yes, I absolutely love that with the running journal. And nowadays with the running apps and workout apps that you have on your phone, you can basically get the same thing. So if you start running and you start the tracker that you have on your phone or on your watch, and then at the end of every run, you look at your stats. I mean, that is a reward right there. You see what was your pace? What was your heart rate? What was this? What was that? Like, I know looking at my stats at the end of my run is usually a very good reward for me. And then, you know, I mean, the the watch that you've got does the continuous all day long heart rate. And I mean, you were pointing out the other day that you can watch your resting heart rate drop over time. And I, I think this watch even will plot it out for you and show you your resting heart rate over the last month. Yeah. You can watch your resting heart rate drop as you get in better and better shape. Yeah. That's fantastic. So that's kind of the three main parts of the habit loop. So again, just to recap, you've got your cue or your trigger. You've got number two is the behavior that you want to perform. And number three is the reward for that behavior. So those are the the three things that you need in order to create a habit. But now we'd like to talk about some of the challenges of habit creation. And obviously there are a lot because... There are reasons that people have bad habits and then there, of course, there are good habits. So there are always challenges when it comes to a habit. And today we'd like to talk about that as well. So number one is finding the right cue. That I think is the biggest challenge for a lot of people is finding that cue that's going to trigger that behavior. Sometimes that's really hard to find and you might have to experiment with a lot of different options to try to find the right cue that's actually going to trigger that behavior in yourself. You know, I think I think we've covered part of the issue of this. It's okay if what triggers you when you first get going is almost a feeling of guilt that you have to get out the door. That's okay to have that because it's still long-term building the healthy habits. You know, it's going to be okay if if that cue is, oh, well, my clothes have been sitting there. I really have to put them on. That's still cueing you to a healthy behavior. Right. And eventually it will stop being the ugh kind of feeling because it'll be something that becomes more intrinsically rewarding to yourself. Yeah. I mean, the, the more you're out there, the more you start looking at step three of the, the reward, whether it's an actual tangible reward or something, a, a feeling inside of you, you start connecting the run to that end and the cue just sort of happens. It, it, it kind of, once you've done the habit several times, it's just a natural cue that you don't even recognize that that's what's causing you to head out the door and go run. It just does it. That just cues you into the behavior. Right. It, be, it stops becoming a conscious thing and just becomes an unconscious habit that you don't have to think about anymore. 
So the second challenge that a lot of people find when trying to create a habit is falling out of that habit. So again, Kevin can talk about this right now because he's been sick for the last two weeks and he hasn't been running and so his habit has kind of gone by the wayside and trying to figure out how to get back in can be a big challenge that a lot of people face. Yeah, we've we've covered a, a little bit on this one also is um, when you've got a good habit going, a good healthy habit and you have to take a couple weeks off for for health if you get sick or something comes up at work or one of your kids gets sick whatever it is that that knocks you out if you're out for a good two weeks you can't just pop right back in exactly where you were you're going to need probably if you take two weeks off you're going to need a good two weeks to get yourself back to just where you were so that's that's a month now just to get back to where you used to be right right and that can be frustrating for a lot of people and make a lot of people not even want to start it, especially because they know, especially if you've been a runner in the past, you know those first two weeks aren't going to feel great. They just, they're just not. Some of the runs do. You know, right. you get you get a couple runs and you're like, oh man, I'm feeling good today. And yeah. then the next run you're like, oh, I'm feeling good. But it's runs like, you know, number three and four. And you're like, this is awesome. I'm bulletproof. I only needed two days and I'm back. <laughs> and then run five is just miserable. Yeah. Because it's, it's honestly... Once you're you're out for over a week, the time you're out, it's going to take about that much time to get yourself back yeah. to where you were when you when you're uh, you when you first fell out of the habit. Right, right. So again, if you do fall out of a habit that you had, try to just go back to step number one of our habit loop. You know, find that cue again. Figure out what that cue was for you before and see if that cue will work for you again and it may or it may not you might need to find a new cue you might need to find a new reward also Mm. the reward I mean I know that my reward for so much was well I ran and I feel good about it and I went out and ran but if if the run itself doesn't feel so great and and they might not when you're first coming back, you might need to move more towards that extrinsic reward. You might need something actual, tangible as the reward just to get yourself going again. And then once you're back into it, then you can kind of move back and and the feeling of getting in in better shape, the feeling of, of pride starts taking over. But to get yourself back over the hump, to get yourself started up again, you might need to move to something you know, actual tangible that is your reward at the end. Yeah. So what's your reward going to be? I'm not sure. No? No, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm still in the midst of struggling with this. I'd love to say that I've, I've gotten over it, um, but as much as I haven't quite gotten over the illness, I also haven't quite gotten over the how to start back up again. I'm still mentally frustrated with knowing that this is going to hurt when I head back out on day one and knowing that instead of being able to go five or six miles, I should really start at three. And, and that's tricky also, is making sure that you pull back a good deal so that in the long run, no pun intended, it... Uh, <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, I totally did. Um, <laughs> but o- over the long run, your health will improve. Even though right now, I can only head out on a three-mile run, uh, if you give me a couple weeks, I'll get back to six, and I'll get back to six at the pace that I want. But right now, I know I've got to head out for three. And 
And when I come back, I'm probably going to have some chocolate out of that bag in the pantry that we've got. Excellent. See, you've already, you're already planning your reward. That's a great step. So one other thing that I just wanted to kind of point out that I found was very fascinating about the book. They talk about these habit loops in the brain and how these habits are reinforced. And that basically makes them stronger and stronger and stronger. But even when we have these habit loops we can still fall out of them like we were just talking about. The interesting thing is that the habit still remains. So once you have a habit, it stays there. The way that you change a habit, so like say you you have a bad habit that you want to get rid of, like, you know, smoking or something. Can you stop me from biting my nails? Uh, we, well, we're going to work on that. We have to work on that with our little one too because she's got a very bad nail-biting habit too. But... Basically, what you need to do is you need to figure out the trigger. That's number one. That's the hardest thing. Stop. He just he just started biting his nails like right now. <laughs> but anyway, um, you have to figure out what the trigger is. So the way that he suggests to do it in the book is to keep a journal, right? So he was talking about a, a habit that he used to have every day. This is the author. And his habit was having a chocolate chip cookie every afternoon at work. And he knew that having this cho- chocolate chip cookie was not the best habit. It was not the, the most healthy habit. And so he started to keep a journal to try to figure out what it was about this habit that was forcing him to do that behavior. So was it the time of day? Was it the fact that he had to get up from his desk and go to the cafeteria and in the process of doing so, talk to people along the way? You know, maybe it was the social socialization aspect of it that he wanted. Like, was it actually the cookie? Could, could it be um, hunger? Was it, you know, was it actual hunger that he was feeling? And if so, you know, was there, an, would an apple satisfy that? Like there was, so there was all these things he was, he started to figure out. And so he started to keep a, a journal and it would be like Monday, you know, 3.36 p.m., got up, walked to the cafeteria. This is how I was feeling. You know, I was feeling hungry or I was feeling bored or I was feeling – and he would write down his feeling at the time of performing that action. Then he would try to replace that behavior with something else. So instead of going to the cafeteria and buying the cookie, he would say, okay, today I am feeling this. I'm going to go find a coworker and have a 10-minute conversation and then come back to my desk and, and continue to work. And, and then he would write down his feeling at the end of whatever it was, how he felt. Did he feel satisfied or did he still feel like there was something else that he needed? So he tried to play around with um, – what the behavior was. So he tried to just have a conversation with somebody. He tried to um, take a short walk around the office instead of actually going to the cafeteria. He tried to replace the cookie with an apple. And he wrote down how he felt with all of these changes of behavior. And what he came to find out was he was just bored because it was happening every day between 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock. So what he did to try to change this behavior is he set his alarm for 3.30. And at 3.30, he got up, he found someone to talk to for 10 minutes, and then he came back and sat at his desk and was able to get right back into his work habit um, or whatever he was doing at work at the time. So for him, it wasn't the cookie. It was the fact that he was bored and he wanted to go find somebody to distract him from what he was doing and then have that 
socialization with a coworker or a friend, and then he was able to get back in and focus on his work way better. That's really funny. I have such a similar habit. It uh, it doesn't hit every day because depending on when I have my off periods, my, my class schedule rotates every day at the high school. And so if I have an off period after lunch, I usually get up and, and head down to the one of the teacher's lounge to see if there's any cookies or treats or something sitting in there. I never want dessert. I'm, I can pretty much guarantee that why I'm getting up and out of my room is because I just had lunch where I tend to sit at my desk and do work and I'm bored. I'd like to get up and go find somebody and talk to them mm-hmm. because if I go and I talk to nobody along the way, I just end up in the, in the lunch, in the you know, teacher's room, I grab a cookie and I head back. I'm not, I'm still almost hungry afterwards. That didn't do anything for me. But if I find somebody almost as soon as I head out the door of my classroom, then usually I can just go fill up a water bottle and that takes care of it. And I'm totally satisfied and ready to go back to work. It's it's a matter of where I find somebody along the way. Mm -hmm. And it's almost disappointing if I don't find somebody and I just make it to the teacher's lounge and and it's cookies instead of somebody else sitting there that I can have a conversation with. Right, because the cookie isn't actually what you want. No, because they're usually stale by the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) So so there you go. So if you do have a habit that you would like to change, um, keeping a journal and kind of starting to write down what the different cues might be, how you were feeling at the time of this trigger, what time that behavior is happening. And writing all these things down is a good way for you to kind of start to troubleshoot and change something about that um, behavior, whether it's the cue that you need to change or the, the behavior itself or the reward, you can kind of start to figure it out. All right, so I think that pretty much uh, wraps it up on our, our habit episode. If uh, if you've enjoyed this episode or you enjoy all of our episodes, please uh, like and subscribe to this podcast and consider sharing it with a friend. So uh, as, a, as a little guideline of how to share it, if you open up the podcast down in the bottom corner, you find the three dots. You hit the three dots and it pops up a whole menu for you, including share episode. Just tap share episode. And a new window pops up showing you all of the methods that you can use to share. You can text it. You can email it. You can post it up on Facebook. There's actually a button at the bottom if you want to copy the link and then share the link to whatever your favorite social media is. Um, just help us spread the word and improve and, and boost the running community around the world. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. And thank you for spending this time with us. And we will talk to you next week.